James Camacho. Thank you for being on the show, my brother. Hey, thanks for having me, of course. Listen, uh, before we start, I, I watched one of your clips because you're so Asian, you can tell what Asian nationality one is. Take a guess what I am. Ooh, all right. Uh, I'm pretty good at this. Let's see what we got here. I know you are. Oh, man, I'm in a minute. It's not Chinese. Let's roll out Chinese. It is Chinese. Oh, God. I, <laughs> I'm so full of it. I was like, I'm so good at this. This is what I'm known for. This is what I'm, I'm famous for. And I just completely. You know, but you know what? To your defense, it's uh, not that easy. So, for example, my, you know, I'm Chinese and Nicaraguan. Okay. Um, I was born in Nicaragua. I came here at five years old. Um, and so, like my mother says it best, we're Nicaraguan. However, we will always acknowledge La Sangre China, which is our Asian blood, our Chinese blood. That's great. It's, actually from, yeah, it's from Hong Kong, Canton, which is today's Chinese as Mandarin majority. So it's kind of cool to have that mysterious part of China that is like Canton, you know, uh, Hong Kong, you know, so different foods. Anyways. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love your content, man. So it's about you. Thank you. So talk to us about your story, how you got into it, and who you are. Okay. Wow. That was uh, eight questions in one, but uh, I think I got this. <laughs> so um, I guess I'll start with who, who, who am I? I'm, uh, I'm James Camacho. I'm Chinese and Puerto Rican. Bro, you got a cool um, middle name, James Ye Camacho. That's right. Yeah. It's Y-E-H. Yeah, yay, yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's a you know what I like it because most most middle names are just first names, you know, like uh, Robert, Mike, Stanford. It's just like boring, but I like the fact that it's different. Also, the hyphen is 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 it's 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 Y, so it sounds cool, James Y Camacho, as opposed oh, to like that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it sounds cooler. Um, it's interesting too because I never was really big on like, you know. I think there was kind of a thing growing up where it's like, oh, I'm going to hide my middle name. I don't want anyone to know. It's my little secret. If you really know me, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. But as I've gotten older and more I do comedy, the more I know like diversity is kind of a big thing. Um, I kind of throw it out there now. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, that's the you, Chinese. That's a, that's a cool name. Check it out. James. So you are relevant. They can pronounce yeah. it. You know, then you got the James Y and then the strong Camacho. You know, Camacho, yeah. Uh, look at me. Mine's Armando Jose Tam. So people don't oh. believe me. Yeah, that's jacked up. You imagine ESL growing up when I was a kid. It was yeah. just embarrassing. But anyway, so so go ahead. So you're, you're Chinese Puerto Rican, which is a dope mix. And we'll get into which foods you like the most later. Oh, uh, but yeah, tell us you were born here in New York uh, and then you know, go from there. So I was born in New Jersey. Okay. Um, my backstory really, I, it's, it's not wild. I wasn't born in China um, on a farm. I wasn't born, like my mom, that, my mom was born in, in China on a farm. My dad was born in Washington Heights in like the 60s, you know, when it was dangerous and crazy. I, I had a, you know, pretty nice upbringing. I, they both, they got together. They moved to the suburbs of New Jersey. So I grew up in Edison, New Jersey. Um, I spent I was, some time in Harrison, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah, recently, and then I'm back. But anyway, so go ahead. So you grew up in a, in, a, in a normal household. How was it growing up with two cultures? It's very weird, man. It's 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 so different, and you know, it becomes your norm. So you know, now that I look back at it, I'm seeing how everything's different. But back when I was a kid, I just this, I just, I just thought this was life, and I thought it was more of me the whole time. Like, am I weird? Am I different? Where do I fit in? 
because you know i have jokes about it but it's like every time i would go to these chinese functions i felt puerto rican then i'd go to the puerto rican functions and i feel chinese you know yeah. then i would go hang out with white kids and i feel poor so i'm like who do i hang out with <laughs> yeah and it, 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 you know interesting you said that that it was natural to you because i think that you know that's how we grew up which is both cultures have a traditional family based kind of mindset you know yeah. And you look at today's society, they're, they're like trying to name you. You are you're Latinx, you're uh, yeah. this, you're the, you know, it's like that was normal to you growing up with sometimes fried rice and then tortones and, and Noche Buena and then Chinese New Year, correct? Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the thing. If you want to talk about food, it's like I'm the guy that goes to Subway and I, I get everything. I get every sauce. I get barbecue, ranch, hot sauce. People are like, honey mustard. People are like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I'm, I'm mixing up everything, man. That's how I grew up. That's yeah. all I know, dude. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very weird. And um, this isn't like, my parents are from like, my parents' parents are from like the, the, the 40s or 30s. So they're old school, man. And this is like, they were still part of that. Like, you got to marry Chinese or you got to marry Puerto Rican. If you married outside your race, it was kind of like, they were kind of looked down upon and kind of like, you know, it wasn't like celebrated now. Now, if you're dating someone that's not your race, people like are fascinated. They want to like, you know, see, guess what your kids are going to look like. They'll make well, sketches. No, it's, like, it's like you, it's like you, you're going to have X-Men kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my girl, my girlfriend's Indian and white. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I did that on purpose too. I wasn't going to date someone uh, boring. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So, yeah. You grew up in Edison, New Jersey. What made you go into comedy? So interestingly enough, I never like I didn't like want to become a stand-up comedian. Like it wasn't my goal. It wasn't my dream. But I was always like a very creative kid. So, um, like I said, I had I had trouble fitting in at school. Um, whether it's you know I, I I blame the ethnicity mix, which I I think is part of it. But I also I'm, I was a little awkward. Um, but so a lot of times to fill my time and to fill my, uh, for my leisure time, I would just like have these notebooks. I have this, all these like five-star notebooks. I would just write stories or like draw comic books. I you would take printer paper from our uh, computer uh, printer and my mom would always get mad at me. I would take all the paper and just make comic books. I'd fold them up and just draw comic books. And then when I got older, it became more screenplays, um, and then when I got into college, I was about my second year in college. And obviously your parents are like, you know, what are you doing? You're still undecided. Like you gotta figure out what you wanna do with your life. And it was at that point there, I was like, I really, I, I really didn't wanna do economics or finance or, you know, med school. That None of that interested me. All that interested me was uh, comedy, show business, movies. So I just started, taking all these creative writing classes I started doing theater and I did that for a couple of years and then eventually you know everything I did was comedy related so then I you know stand-up obviously was a platform that kind of came from that and then the first time I did stand-up I was like this is perfect because I can write my material and perform it whenever I want on my own and ever ever since the first day I did my first set I've been just doing it every day since uh for like seven years so, so i want to circle back um yeah. i love comedy and um you know obviously to me the goat in comedy is eddie murphy and okay yeah you said something that he has also said he goes i didn't know if i want to be a comedian i just knew i want to be in showbiz 
And when I pursued that, I ended up in comedy. Secondly, he says, I didn't have something to fall back on because if you think like that, you'll never give it full effort forward. So I see that in what you just said. Number two, let's, let's take a step back when you're saying stand up comedy that takes confidence. <laughs> Talk to us about that because our viewers are range from comedians to celebrity chefs, to up and coming celebrity chefs, to athletes, to just dope people. And we're in a society right now where building a brand is important. Building a brand is also speaking, yeah. you know? So when you follow, follow me on social, you'll see the stuff that I do. Let's go before you go into your first stand-up act and how you furthered your, your, your career. Um, what did you prepare to be confident on stage? So oddly enough, like, of course, the first time I did it, I was nervous, but I had, I had some weird thing where I always wanted to be in the spotlight. Like if we were in class and I had to present a paper or a presentation, I would always, I wouldn't be scared to do it. I was always looking forward to do it. I was kind of like, this is my moment where finally everyone's going to look at me. I'm going to have attention. I was that kid when all of the cool, like all the kids got in a group and were hanging out. I was the kid outside the group, like trying to jump, trying to jump, get seen, get a word in. And, you know, they're all stiff arming me that, uh, not get in the group. So I feel like those are my moments to like really shine and show who I am. I would always, I would like prepare jokes for my presentations. And um, then I just started doing like uh, theater and stuff. And I did theater. So I was doing theater before I did stand up. So getting on stage, I always had a, a little stage presence. My, my problem actually was that when you're a stage actor, you, you tend to project, which I actually do like in normal life. Like I'll be at dinner and my girlfriend, like, why are you screaming? Why are you yelling at me? I'm like, I, I just, I, I don't, okay, sorry. So it's like, I had that. Uh, so my, my problem actually was I had to tone it down a bit, you know, not project too much, not be too theatrical. And then, um, then, yeah. So I, I, like, I, like I said, I was nervous the first time, but, uh, I got pretty used to it pretty quickly. So I think I, I think I have to do like a natural stage presence. No, a hundred percent. And that comes for you wanting the kid always wanting to have to be the presenter. Right. But do you think that comes from you as a personality trait that you developed, or does that come from the comfortable home upbringing? You know, because I think that you know, we had so much love in our family growing up when I would go out to society and there was, you know, making fun of and I was Chinese looking and, you know, big ears. I really didn't care because when people say when they interview me on podcast, Mondo, how did you grow up dealing with the challenges of the multicultural? I'm like, I can't share that story because I would go home and have so much love. Yeah. You know, gave me the trust. And then, you know, I was in martial arts. So once you develop some sort of you know, success in that, it gives you confidence. And so before, because you went to stand-up, so you can bomb on stage yeah. and throw you off. Um, and people usually bomb the first time. So what gave you that confidence? To, to go on stage for the first time? And not be, and, and manage your nervousness. Oh, I, I well, game, I just, it, I just, I, I'm a very big, like, I, if I want to do it, or if I think about, I want to do it, um, I have to just do it. Like I have to try it. You know, it drives me nuts. If I like, I, I'm such a guy, like, um, I don't want to have any regrets. Like I have this saying in my life where it's like, you know, if people ask me advice or if I have to ask myself for advice, like just do whatever will help you sleep at night, you know? Yeah. So I can't like, for me, it was like stand up. was like, Oh, I, I want to try that. And as soon as I thought that feeling, then for me not to try it, I would feel like, you know, 
excuse my language, like I feel like a like a like a like a, like a pussy, you know, or yeah. I wasn't living my life to the fullest, or I wasn't like, and how am I gonna sleep at night? How am I? I'm a coward. Like I really can't do that. I gotta just try it at least once, you know. So like um, that. that's kind of where ooh, it's it's weird. Like that's the, I guess that's kind of what gave me the confidence to do it. Um, and um, to keep going back was just because I really love to do it. But I don't know. I don't, I don't think there was like much of a oh, uh, like, this is what I'm going to do um, to feel more confident. This is like, like, here's, I'm going to, I didn't like drink or anything to calm my nerves. It was just like, it's natural, natural instinct, natural instinct. That's what I say. So what's yeah. the one tip of advice that you give people that are watching this show on how to build confidence when speaking, because that's a representation of their brand. Right. So I'll say this, um, this helped me when I really got this in my head. Um, no one really cares about what you're saying up there. Like if you're at a class presentation, all the other kids are just thinking about, I want to go home and play video games. Or is that girl, does that, did she get my note over there? You know, when you do stand up too, it's the same thing. It's like, yeah, you're at a club and like, they want to laugh, but at the end of the day, it's like, they're there for a show and then they're going to go home back to their normal lives. You know, it's like, once you can kind of get over like, oh my God, people are looking at me. They're going to think I'm stupid if I do this or they're going to think I'm silly. I'm going to embarrass myself. Like once you really get over that and, and you're comfortable up there, um, that will help you one, do better. And that'll help you like, like kind of like get whatever you're trying to say across um, the right way on this platform. So I think a lot of people, the problem is like, I'm going to look stupid or I'm going to do this or I'm going to embarrass myself. I think when, if you can take some solace in that, people want you do well up there. No one wants someone to go up there and eat it or embarrass themselves. That's uncomfortable for everyone. And also the fact that no one really cares. Like everyone's got their own thing going on. They got their life going on. You got their attention for a little bit, make it worth it. But it's like, they're going to go back to their normal lives after. Yeah. You know, I always just think about like when I was, you know, presenting a PowerPoints class and I really was like, I never care when that, whoever's up there is presenting. I never care. I'm thinking about my own thing. And they could say anything up there. It wouldn't even be registering to me. So that was something that really helped me kind of um, take that next level from like being in my head, being worried about if I'm liked or how I'm perceived to like, just be me and just, just have fun. And I'm a good guy too. Like, I believe that um, I'm a nice guy. I'm a fun guy. So all I gotta do is be myself. Um, but yeah, it's easier said than done. You know, like I could, you could tell, you could tell that someone to your blue in the face, but they need to get up there and experience it. Yeah, and you practiced that when you had the flag behind you, and it was "Go Trump." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You kept yeah, it that's, <laughs> but yeah, that and that's a very advanced stage of like trying to deal with a heckler. Yeah, because one, you know how uh, sensitive everything is, so you don't know if, if your retort is gonna like ruin the whole show. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that guy was just ridiculous, and I think once you you always have the you always have the upper hand when you're up there, so. A yeah. lot of times what I do is like, I'll just let them fall into a trap with their own trap, which is like, I just, what were you saying? Blah, really? Blah. And then you just like, you sound so stupid and everyone usually will laugh, but yeah, yeah, you uh, did. Cause then you point out, listen, your table moved away from you, you know, yeah, it's and it, that, yeah. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Let's talk about this um, real it, short. You, some of your favorite comedians. I love a big, uh, I love Bill Burr. He's my, mm -hmm. one of my, he might be my favorite. It's, I'm, it's tough to say. Yeah, I would say Bill Burr is my favorite just because 
I love his uh, honesty, and he's also got like a really uh, um, sensitive side to him. Got it. Okay. That was funny. But he talks about his family. Talks about his relationship with his dog. I love those. I love those kind of jokes. I always thought those were his funniest things. And then he's honest about you know what's going on in the world. Chappelle's also very great, but he's getting a little too storytelly. It doesn't seem like it's many jokes um, anymore. It's just kind of commentary. But he's it's brilliant. You know, it's very entertaining. Yeah, you're right. It's more storytelling, less comedy, but it's uh, there's some brilliance in there, especially that eight minute one. Um, yeah. Let's talk about a topic that comedians um, probably discuss, you know, how far now with the cancel culture and the division between society, how far it, can a joke go, yeah. you know, without crossing the line, but without kind of narrowing your scope of creativity. Yeah, so that, that's, definitely, uh, that's definitely interesting. You got to find a balance of like, what's you and what's like acceptable especially when you're starting out you know if you're a guy like burr or Chappelle, they can really kind of get away with stuff because people trust them if you'll actually look at them to see what their opinion on True. these uh, topics are these days but for me um i just try to make sure it's twice as funny three times as funny as it is offensive or uh you know too honest like just i just try to make sure it's funny um i also think that if you're doing jokes on if you're on stage telling it and like let's say it gets clipped i mean if people are laughing at it it's it, it's like it's so weird when people try to cancel people they'll like show a recording of something look what he said but then the whole crowd's laughing it's just like uh, okay like i get i can see but you're taking out of context you weren't in that room you know like if you're ever you know with your family joking around there's all these subtleties you know but if you take something you said out of context you could be like yeah, that's very offensive. You know, why would you? Yeah, you know, I, I referenced the one where I, I'm really open of me growing up on Latino and Chinese side mm. and some of the stereotypes or some of the things. And so for someone to tell me that's offensive, it, I re, you're reminding me of saying that is me. So if it offends you, then don't listen to me because that's my life. I'm not making fun of people on the outside. I'm just talking yeah. about my upbringing, right? Yeah. And so um, did, do you have any fond memories or funny moments on the Puerto Rican side and the Chinese side? Yeah, I mean, I'm actually trying to write a joke about this now, but I'll never, for, like, whenever I would go to these family functions, whatever they, like, the Chinese and Puerto Rican side would put such different things on the TV for the kids. <laughs> so the Chinese was like, whatever, Sesame Street, Door of the Explorers, just something educational for kids, you know? And then I go to the Puerto Rican side, it's like, one year was like the Matrix, the Exorcist, Jurassic Park. I'm like, you can't. This is not stuff you're supposed to show a five year old. Like, yeah, sound gigante with the weather women. You know, it's uh, yeah. You know, it, it's kind of cool. Um, let's talk about what is uh, some of your favorite dishes. What's your favorite dish on the Puerto Rican side? What's your favorite dish on your Chinese side? You know, I love. I love. Uh, my dad's a huge. It's very into pastels. He literally eats them every single day. Like he at what. Like he'll have his regular meals, but that's just like, he just throws that on top. Um, so I, uh, I'm a big fan of that. Um, I just love too, like just, just like Spanish style rice and beans. There's just not, there's nothing better than that. Yep. And on the Chinese side, I love like Peking duck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love this. I love the skin. I, I, I love it when it's burnt. I love um, roast uh, barbecue pork. I think it's called chow, chars, char, char uh, pork. Chow Su. Chow Su, yeah, I love my um my mom 
um, used to give me that growing up. And yeah. she would call it Hautsu the Zozo, which is, you know, uh, very, very, uh, very tasty meat. Yeah. So I'd eat that with, you know, the duck. And I still, to this day, like, if I, like, want to have a cheat day, I there's a Cantonese place right here. I just I just get Peking tuck and charzo, char uh, pork and um, some rice, and I just dump soy sauce and sriracha on it. I just have a great yeah. time. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. And listen, I yeah. pronounce Chinese foods correct, but I don't speak Chinese at all, so I'm just trying to get that Chinese credit. <laughs> uh, my brother gets mad at me. He's like, that's disrespectful. It's like someone saying you, hola. And I'm like, hey, man, as long as I communicate, because when I go to Chinatown, New York, that's yeah. when I practice the most, you know? And I, you know, I don't care how I sound. I just try it anyways. The accents are so funny, too, because I'll, I'll, like, I have this weird, I kind of have a lisp. Like, I've, I have, like, kind of a, and I also have, like, a Jersey accent. Mm-hmm. So I'll say things wrong all the time. And people are like, what are you, what are you, an animal? I'm like, I, I do the way my tongue and my lips, my mouth and my, from my upbringing, like it's not, no one cares about intent. That's the thing. It's like, I was watching this thing about, um, you should take a look at it. It's a uh, Michael Costa. He just put it on his, uh, Instagram page about literally, he just literally defines in the, in the most literal term, the word offensive, like from the dictionary, mm. it just breaks down. It's like, it's kind of like, I, I think he was saying, it's like, when you're offended, it's like. It has nothing to, it takes no account into like the intent of what the person's saying. It's kind of just like you. Yeah. You who are offended. It's not, people aren't trying to get you, you know? No, you're right. The intent that that's, yeah. But that's asking people to think before they speak or post shit on social media. Right. So I'm with you on that. Let's talk about pet peeves in society. Oh, all right. I hate, this is a new one. People that are uh, posting on Instagram about their vaccinations I hope I wish all their accounts would uh, get uh, terminated. It is the most, it's the saddest thing. I can't, I got vaccinated. I can't imagine just to, Hey, can you hold on? Let me just get the, the phone and then, all right, go right. It's very quick too. They shove it in there and shove it out. So watch, watch my story from yesterday. You, I you have it up there. You know what she said to me? She goes, yes, you can do it. And the Indian lady, yes, you can do it. I just do not want to be on it. And I yeah. said, Oh no, I'm with you on that. And I yeah. did but I got you. It's, it's kind of like, what? Well, tell me why it's your pet peeve. Uh, but watch mine. Mine was pretty cool. Okay. I mean, listen, here's the thing. It's, it's great to get vaccinated, but it just goes back to all the little things. Like if people have a job interview and then they post their job interview on like, I have a job interview, uh, like, like, oh, yeah. uh, like for support. It's just like, can you, do you, can you just keep like, there's gotta be people in your life that you can tell that to. Like for me, it's like, if I get said about anything, I just, I tell my girlfriend, I tell my mom, I, I, I will tell our cat. I'm not going to y- yell, uh, post it on social media, which I do, but it's like in the, like in the immediacy, it's like, Oh, I just booked this thing. Oh, I like, um, whatever. I, I won the lottery. Like, I'm not going to go. That, that's not my first instinct. I saw someone the other day post like, um, I'm in the ER. Yeah, um, you're right. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, Bro, if I'm in the if I'm feeling like I have to go to the ER, the last thing I want to do is is post something, you know? I no, you're right. You're right. I think what you're saying, the pet peeve in society is that we become so validated, thirsty of social media. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, this is who I am, you know? Feel good about yourself, you know? It's like um, if you do something good, like I have a weird thing. If I ever like, let's say I have a long weekend of shows, the last show, every show goes great. I sell money on merch. I like you know, new jokes are working. I feel like I'm going somewhere. I literally do it this. Like it's all, it's in the, it's by myself. I just pat myself on the back 
and I keep it going. Like I don't go to social media and just have a soliloquy. I'm just like, I'm trying to impress myself, which is kind of like the hardest thing for me. Like I'm never satisfied with what I do. I'm always like anxiety ridden and like, you got to do better. You got to work harder. You got to get booked more. Yeah. We're, we're, I can actually make myself happy. That's the most important thing to me. I don't care what really what other people uh, think that much. Man, that will be that, that clip right there is going to go viral right there. Um, oh, yeah. please i need something to go viral (laughs) where do you want (laughs) to you want to do that we can talk about upbringing chinese latino um let me ask you this where do you want to be if you can snap your fingers in your career three years from now what's your goal not your wish what's your goal so i love i love um i love i want to have this schedule i I was listening to kevin hart do a, a joe rogan podcast he's like monday through thursday i believe his schedule is he shoots a movie, whatever movie, right? Um, and then Friday through Sunday, no, Friday, Saturday, maybe Friday, Saturday, he uh, does a comedy club, you know, or does a theater, works on his stand-up act. That would be my dream, to, to literally, like, be working on TV and doing stand-up headlining, touring, um, having my fans come out and see me, working on hours, then, then just putting it out, then working on a new hour, and um you know get these tv opportunities here and there like bill burr has i think has a really cool career he's mm-hmm. done amazing movies he's, he's in the mandalorian he was in Chappelle's show i mean like he's got his own tv show like i would definitely want to do like a little bigger roles than bill burr but i don't want to be like a tom cruise or anything but i would love to be like have you know some you know awesome movie parts um recognizable and then just do my stand-up i want to be known for my stand-up and then like oh that guy's also like oh he's on that show can you believe the comedian i don't want to be when i i didn't know kevin hart was a comedian i thought he was a movie star and then i kind of then i saw he was like oh he's doing stand-up then i watched all you know i'm a grown man and you could you could spend a, a day like i have in the past just watching all his interviews on the breakfast club and and the way he's turned into a you know a star after yeah. a comedian and then a multi-million dollar business where he controls his schedule, you know? That's what he is. He's a he's a brand, Kevin Hart. Yeah, he's a brand. And I think that's where you have the capacity to do it. I've seen your work. I see the way you speak. You're not just a comedian. You've got other talents. And then you've got a good foundation. Listen, let's face it. The future of America looks like folks like you and I, people of color. Oh, and, yeah. And it's yeah. our time to leverage social media um, to do it. Because if we don't do it, then someone else will. And so... Right. We have to write our own narrative. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, you know, it goes back. Here's another quote. This might help some comedians or people trying to make it in the industry. It's like the best story you can tell is your story, you know? So um, if you're ever thinking like, how am I going to, what jokes am I going to write? Or how am I going to, what kind of comedian or what kind of artist am I going to be? Be you, you, you tell you, you know? Um, and it's easier said than done. It's, it's, you know, and when I was starting out, I was doing Bill Burr. I was doing all these, you know, Chappelle on stage. I was trying, but um, someone's already done that. You know, you yeah. got to do your own thing if you want to um, put your stamp in the, in the industry. Absolutely. Uh, a couple more questions before we bounce. Thank you. Um, if the world is ending tomorrow, what's your last meal? My last meal, if the world's ending tomorrow. Yeah, it doesn't have to be Chinese or Puerto Rican. It could be anything. You're from Jersey. It could be a Santillo's pizza. Who knows? What is it? So you know what? I, I'm, a, I'm a sentimental guy. I'm going to have to go with, like, m- one of my mom's classics, like ri- white rice, soy sauce, um, 
My mom is Dajisabong, big chicken legs, doused in soy sauce, have some uh, pork, char pork on there, and, mm -hmm. and um, the Peking duck. That'd be my last meal because to be honest, like that, um, I would say, you know what's funny? I, I, I haven't gotten that question yet. I've gotten the, you know, death row thing and I always, you know, steak. No, I had to, listen, I had to reword that question because someone yeah. had uh, asked that question, had done time. And he's like, I'm not planning on going back. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm more of talking about the last meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? No, I, I would just go home cook meal because yeah. um, anytime I eat that stuff, um, I, I think it's delicious and it does make me feel like a kid again. Um, yep. Steaks are great too. That would be number two. Uh, right. but yeah, let's go with uh, that Chinese dish. And then I guess, yeah. All right. Well, last question, staying on the sentimental part, three people okay. dead or alive, who would you love to have dinner with? Three people dead or alive? Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, boy, I wish you asked me these earlier. I would have prepared. I might take a while. No, no, I, like the, I like the rawness because there's not going to be a set three. It's depending on what mood you're in. Like if I'm in like a night mood, I'm wearing Armani and sneakers, then I'll probably have, you know, Jay-Z, um, uh, Martin Luther King. No, no, no. Yeah, Jay-Z, Martin Luther King. And then I have to have a woman like Celia Cruz, right? Overcoming yeah. the Chichmo and, and, and leaving her country. But that's a cool conversation. But then some nights I just want to say, hey, Warren Buffett, you know, right. um, my grandfather when he was 10 and left China, you know, so, so just yeah. pick three that are alive. Cause we can continue yeah. this later. So I'll, no, I'll say, so I would, I guess number one, just not number one in terms of ranking, yeah. just uh, Bill Burr. I, I keep like, I keep bringing him up, but mm -hmm. just cause he's, you know, one of my idols. Um, but I like the angle you were going. I want to talk to people that have been through some stuff that have really changed the world. So like MLK would be great. Like just to be like, dude, how like you are uh, crazy. Like you are leading all these people like you were doing something like Jackie Robinson too. Like, just like, yeah. how did you do that? How did you, mm -hmm. how were you on death threats every day? Knowing you're just like, you are like those guys had to know they're so important because they're breaking Jack Robinson broke the color barrier. He's influencing a whole generation. Like all these athletes, the NFL, MLB, NBA, like they're nothing um, without Jackie Robinson. It's like, how did you go through it? How, and how are you so humble? This guy, you know, it, it's just taken, um booze and n-words left and right and he's just like keeping his cool so i would want to talk to someone um like iconic like that okay so burr uh, jackie robinson and you want yeah. then those threats were real not like the tweets we're getting today and then our yeah. threats ted cruz you know but right you know so that's your second who would be the third the third i'm let's let's i'll uh i want to throw a lady in there you know what i'm gonna ooh. Ooh, so this is someone I have not met before. Oh yeah, yeah. This have to be someone because it's dead or alive. All right, I want to say I would love to see my grandma mm. from my Puerto Rican side because she died when I was very young. I have I have some memories, but she was the best. Like I'd go in there and she had like she, I never. She was always just in like. A, like a like a sleeping gown you know with like polka dots on it yeah. always cooking like when i see her i god i'm starting to forget what she looks like but it's like um i see her i just smell the spanish rice and beans i just remember the washington heights apartment 
and I was just such a kid. Like I would love to like, kind of like catch up with her, you know, and like, uh, you know, her mind was that her mind, her, her way of thinking, you know? Yeah. Just, you know, um, it's, it's been so long. And like my grandma from my Chinese side, I, she, they, she lives in Taiwan, so I don't get to see her that much, but at least I've interacted with her as a, as a adult, you know, yeah. with the brain, but yeah. Um, so I guess those are my, I'm sure there's so much, this is a question that could probably get me canceled. We're like, you didn't include, you know, Rosa Parks. What is like, I would love to meet any, all the more, but like off the top of my head. Um, those three are good. You yeah. know, Hey, listen, this could be a future uh, segment on your show. So I was talking to this other Chinese Nicaraguan dude trying to get me canceled and the three people that are alive, depending on what mood you're in, you know? And, uh, but anyways, listen, James, it's great to connect. I also appreciate your humility. I reached out to you. You got back to me. Um, let's stay in touch because every quarter this is a recurring people that I have on saying, how are we doing in our career? Because as cool as this interview was, the content is even cooler because I want people to learn, apply it and become better. So hopefully you felt it was a little different interview than you're normally used to. Um, and still had fun with it, you know? I had a great time and, you know, especially the last question, the question, it was uh, very thought provoking. And, you know, I do a lot of, I do a lot of, um, it's always, I always love um, meeting people. This is the great thing about the Zoom and the internet. You can meet people from all over the world. And I love talking comedy. I love talking um, uh, with other um, happies, especially of Asian and- Yeah, yeah. well, you know what? Hey, listen, I don't, I'll get canceled for this. I have to connect more halfies like you and I and, and some other people, the good looking halfies, because sometimes the halfies, the Chinese people don't look good looking or the indigenous looking one on the Latinos. I'm like, oh man, if we're going to rewrite a narrative, I got to have that good looking Chino Latinos. You know what I mean? Of course. Hey, you know, <laughs> hey, we're shallow as a society, man. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, yeah man. You know, I, but, I think this is a real stat, but like in, in the presidential election, the taller person has always won every election and tall you know tall girls like tall you know yeah, yeah, no doubt. how tall are you i'm six like six foot flat i'm six three so you hey oh. look you know latinos and we're tall bro you see what i'm saying there's gotta, be there. there's gotta be yeah exactly there's gotta be some, yeah because you can still get the three series bmw i can't so i gotta get the five series and so it's just more money i always tell people i'm like uh -huh. i wish i was like four three inches shorter but um Anyways, no, I like that. Six foot, six three, half chin, you know, chin Latino. Let, let's continue this dialogue. Let's stay in contact because I know I do some stuff in the East Coast. I'd love to get you to perform there. And sure. uh, man, again, props to you and your career and we'll stay in touch. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, my man. Later.